I heard that I can call you Valerie, but for some reason I want to call you Valerie June. Is that okay? Yeah, that's fine. Okay, perfect. I love it. And you're clearly from the South somewhere. Where did you grow up? Between Nashville and Memphis, there are two small towns. Jackson is the big of the small and Humboldt is the small town. And so I was born in Jackson at the Jackson Madison County General Hospital. And then my parents moved to the country between the two towns. And so I went to school in Humboldt and we did most of our life work in Humboldt where we went to the store and post office and stuff. So I claim both the towns. I love it. I went to college at the University of Alabama. And so I spent five years and I was an athlete there. So I spent five years going around to all of the Southern states, all the schools in the SEC. And I have to say, I miss the Southern accent. So it's actually really refreshing and invigorating for me to hear it from you today. So thanks for bringing that in. Sure thing. Absolutely. <laughs> and I am also loving, and I am being honest when I say this, this isn't just because you're in the middle of your book launch and all the things. I have genuinely every morning been working with your new workbook titled Light Beams, a workbook for being your badass self. And for anyone watching the vid, here's a shot of it. It was the perfect fit for me because I've been really trying to devote to what I call creation before reaction. And I notice when I get on my phone too early in the morning, it just creates a different energy field. So your workbook has been the perfect thing for me to devote to first thing to just do an added practice to get connected to my own soul, get connected to guidance from spirit, get connected to creation energy. And I'd love to hear from you I like to ask any author, because we can obviously write about anything in the entire universe. What was it about this theme and creating a workbook? Why was that so important to you? Well, I'm so happy that you have the actual book. So that's cool. It's out. It's in the world. It's a big yeah. deal. Yeah. <laughs> I've been working with light for many years now and trying to embody light in my work as a musician, in my poetry, in my art, in my cooking, in my sleeping, and whatever it is I'm doing. But as I started to practice light, I started to understand that this is not something that I can just sing in a song or put in a poem. It is an actual practice that involves exercises and, and prompts and things that you can practice that help you stay in the center of your own light. Because if we're staying in the center of our own light, then we're able to relate that out back to the world, to nature, to animals, to plants, and to each other. And in times that we've seen in our lifetime, a pandemic that was global and disconnection in our nation and so much divisiveness and so much hatred and negative energy rising. I just was like, wait a minute. What about the light? Hey, it's the light over here. <laughs> and you have it in you too. So I just wanted to do things that were like starting a fire in a person's day or their heart, so that from there, the fire grows, and it's your own. It's what you've created. And I also think we're all creators. We all have some creative bone in our body, even if you're a lawyer or a doctor. So 
having an exercise that sparks that side of your creativity reminds you that this is my day. It's a blank page when I wake up in the morning. What do I want it to look like? And how can I make it better for somebody else or for the planet? Mm-hmm. Yes, I'm feeling soaking in all of that. And I was on a show yesterday and doing an interview. And for some reason, it was just bringing to the forefront how I, I will only speak for myself and my own personal journey and experience. But from my perspective, it's inevitable that one has to be able to learn how to go within and needs to be able to find some sort of inward practices or rituals in order to become fully united with true fulfillment, true happiness, true peace. I guess my point is you can't avoid doing the work. And yet I found sometimes I pose just a lot of like ponderings and questions and practices on my social media and whatnot. And and yet I I don't want it to feel like it's this like downtrodden, arduous work. Yes, it's work, but it really is the key to unlocking true fulfillment and to finding your true purpose. I guess what I'm trying to get at with you is this workbook. I'm not sure if you did the illustrations and art yourself, because I know you're also an artist. Did you or did somebody else do those for this? I did the illustrations and we have a creative director at Andrews McMill who did the behind a quotation. There's like a watercolor page. Yeah. So she inserted those to accompany the theme of the illustration. Yeah, it's beautiful. I mean, the vibe is just really uplifting and invigorating. And I guess I'm just curious from your artist perspective, do you find that it's kind of hard to get folks on board with doing this work, with doing this inward work? Or do you find just your natural art and the way that you pose these practices, it doesn't feel like work, so people naturally gravitate to it? I'm just curious your perspective on it, because I don't think you can avoid going inside and facing yourself and learning how to activate more of your shine. And, and how do you make it come across so that it's not this like, just really tough or boring thing in life. It's actually very fun and inspiring. Wow. Well, every moment of our lives is an opportunity to practice from standing on the line at the coffee shop to being in traffic to how do you go to sleep at night? How do you wake up in the morning? How do you set your dream space with your mind and your intentions? And maybe even call in other ancestors or spirits to visit you in your sleep to give you guidance for your waking hours. And when you're awake, how do you set the day? What do you want to see? Can you make a little list of something that would be the sweetest thing in the world if it would just happen to you today? And it could be something small, like a certain way you want your latte or something. But that happens, and it was great. The temperature, it was just great. <laughs> and taking that moment and stretching it as long as you can because darkness is going to happen. Yeah. And so knowing that part of being in the world is the mud and the compost, but also knowing that that same plant that's in the mud and the compost is reaching toward the light simultaneously all at once. It's synchronistic. That's the way it's growing. Mm -hmm. It's moving toward that light. So finding that, that balance is what the art that I'm creating is trying to do. And also, like, I was faced with the question of, 
should I even use the word work? Because practice is a better word to me because work is heavy in so many ways. But, you know, you get off work. <laughs> you can you can practice all the time. And I'm not very I'm not very much in the religious space now, but I was raised very religious with church and it was the Christian upbringing. And I'm so grateful for that. But what it did, one of the sayings, the verses was pray without ceasing. And I didn't really know what it meant, but I knew I liked it. And so the years of my life went by and I was maybe in my 30s and I had been doing walking meditations and affirmations in motion and working with visualization while I was like cleaning someone's house or dusting their counter, washing their dishes or Mm -hmm. folding their sheets or cleaning their toilet. I was doing all of that while I was doing those things or while I was bored and applying to get to France to play a gig or headed over to Italy or wherever. I was doing all of those things simultaneously. And I said, oh, this is what it means to pray without ceasing. Mm. It means that my practice doesn't stop. It is all, it's 24 hours a day that you have access to this portal within that holds rejuvenation for the dark hours of your living time. Your waking time. I don't know if that makes sense. No, no, it makes total sense. And it's tying in because I saw a line in your book that it says something, this might be verbatim, how you talk about wellness and mindfulness being being actions. And I wanted you to elaborate on that. And I think that's part of what you've been doing, that it's living in devotion. And I would also love to hear from you because I definitely full, fully and wholeheartedly believe in the benevolence of the universe, that everything has medicine and, and everything is here teaching and serving our greatest good. But I was curious, it was there a first moment in your life where you came to that understanding? Did you have a spiritual awakening or a divine intervention or something that happened where you learned what being an alchemist was and you learned the benevolence of the universe? Or was it more of just a gradual understanding that wove into your life? So the greatest example of that is I love plants. So I'll use a plant like a lotus flower and how when you watch it open, it's unfolding. So it's unfolding one petal at a time is unfolding. And so like, my awakening is ever present. It's totally like there was not one moment. There are moments. <laughs> it doesn't stop. I'm, I'm like getting so many downloads all damn day. <laughs> and I'm just like, well, that's spiritual awakening. Well, that's another one. Well, that's another one. I needed that one, you know? So, yeah. So I think when you're living in that space, life gives you these little lessons and these little messages and sometimes maybe they come from ancestors i don't know i don't know where exactly they come from because everyone believes something different so some people could think well that came from god or another person could think well that came from that tree or that came from the floor i don't know but you get them they come so if you're open to them then that is what i think of as an awakening Mm. And that brings to mind me being curious, what are one or two practices 
or things that you are finding for where you're currently at in life are allowing you to maintain your center the most? Have you recently created a new altar or have you recently connected with an ancestor that you didn't know about, but now you know, and you're talking to them more in the other realms is, you know, I would just love for you to share with listeners a couple of the things that are at the forefront for you right now in, in your connection to the divine and your own soul. For many years, about seven years, and they say it takes seven years to be a professional at anything. I've heard you say it. I don't know who they are. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't even know if I truly believe it, but I worked at an herb shop in Memphis, Tennessee called Maggie's Farm. And it's very witchy. Like we sold anything from white sage and crystals to healing things that you needed for your health, like golden seal or red clover or red raspberry or any of the herbs, chamomile, whatever it might be. And so I've always loved plants and I've always loved nature. And I felt very fortunate to get the job working there Mm -hmm. and to work with all these beautiful women who understood plants. And there were books upon books about herbs and natural healing. And people would come into the shop and they would need things for, some people would need things for magical purposes, but other people would need things for medicinal purposes. And we weren't licensed herbalists, so we did not tell people, yes, this is going to make your situation better. But we understood what some herbs could do to heal certain things. So we would direct them to the books where they could decide for themselves how many ounces of whatever might be echinacea they wanted. And most recently, what's happened to me, because I became diabetic about 10 years ago and it totally shifted my whole life and in that I've been very sick for many years and very weak and I have my full strength at this time almost as like I did before the decade of sickness and I'm revisiting a lot of the herbs that I loved during the time when I was healthy where I could experiment with certain herbs and I could be like, hmm, I'm going to try some ashwagandha and see how I feel. Mm. <laughs> you know, I wouldn't do that through these dec- this decade of having diabetes because I didn't need anything messing with my body while I was trying to get enough strength to get out of the bed or to walk across the room or to make myself some food or to hold my instrument. Mm. You know, being that weak, your body doesn't really need much on top of it, because as soon as I would take a, an herb in that time, I would start feeling something different. And I felt enough that was different. Mm-hmm. And so I'm like, it's, I have my tincture of ginkgo. And because I walk in a room and I'm like, now, why am I in here? And it happens way too much now. I have my tincture of uh, ashwagandha and I make my chamomile tea every single night as I'm going to sleep. And it just shifts my whole sleep space. And I drink the green tea with um, ginseng in it two cups a day. And all of these things are things that I'm connecting to, again, my plant wisdom and the ancient wisdom of nature Mm -hmm. and just like letting it ride me through the day. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It's just like letting it get me from one moment to the next. I love that so much. And thank you for bringing the love of the plants and plant spirits into the conversation. I definitely have 
a very devoted and deep and rich relationship with many plant friends myself. So I'm glad they, they had their moment in our time together today. Another thing that I wanted to chat with you about, and again, just curious why you felt that this was really important. For some reason in the book, the badass respect mantra for friendship and humanity really stood out to me. And I'll just go ahead and read it aloud for the soul fam joining us. The mantra goes, the badass in me respects and appreciates the badass in you. Although we see the world through different lenses, I honor your views and perspectives. Thank you for being, thank you for sharing. I love to see you shining brightly. I love celebrating the diversity of our world. And yeah, just wanted to know why that felt an important medicine to bring into the book, how you maybe came to that particular mantra. It just, it feels like it has a very impactful, positive punch. So I wanted to highlight that one a little bit. Well, we all are sitting in the center of this planet underneath the same moon and the same stars and the same sun. And growing up, I spent a lot of time because we live in the middle of the country so I could see every star. I would go outside. I didn't know why I was doing it, but I would just like have conversations with the moon and receive information from the moon and look at the stars and ask, okay, if such and such is supposed to happen, then show me a shooting star. Mm -hmm. And if I saw one, then I knew. And not far down the street, people lived who called us the N-word who were rednecks, who hated us. And not far down there, there were people who were uh, of other races that loved us. And so all of that, like being in a space where there were some people that were wealthy, there were some people who were poor in the country and being raised around all of that and under the same stars, I just started to say, well, what makes it so we all live in this space together and they might not like like be my best friend but they ain't coming down here and <laughs> pulling me out the house in the middle of the night and hanging me from a tree i'm sorry to say it that way but that is the strange fruit darkness that billy holiday was singing about and what makes it so that the people who do have love in their heart for me that they just can exist there in that space. And I realize that, and I know I can call them if I need them. And then sometimes when I do need something, I can go to down the street to the person who doesn't like me to their house. And I can ask them, Hey, what do you think about such and such? And we relate to each other and we get along and understand each other. And then having a double life where I have time in New York as well. There are so many cultures and so many languages and so many beliefs in one block but people are coexisting they are giving each other a certain type of respect on the city streets that we don't necessarily see promoted in the news but that badass respect mantra is that when you go to the post office or when you're being served at a restaurant or wherever it is that you show that person who's cleaning your toilet or the toilets in the bathroom at the airport the same respect that you would show the doctor who's like telling you what you need to take in order to get through this cancer that's just formed in your body you're on your knees this is the last of your life how would you treat that person and so the badass respect mantra is how we relate to each other in the times where people are doing things like January 6th, where it's like, 
you know what I'm going to do? I'm just going to go storm the nation's capital and create a bunch of negative energy, not just for me, but the whole planet. It's like, wait a minute, hold up, back up. Is there a different way that you get your point across, you know, that doesn't create so much negativity and hatred for all living beings on the planet? Yes, your voice needs to be heard. All voices need to be heard. But what is the way to do it in a way that is harmonious, in a way that is cultivating kindness, in a way that looks out for others as if they are yourself, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I hear you. And that, for some reason, took me over into the path of authenticity. And you share this quote in your workbook, to be yourself in a world that is constantly trying to make you something else is the greatest achievement. And that was from Ralph Waldo Emerson. And when I listened to your music, you have some clips on your Instagram. I was like, wow, this is, it's truly unlike any other music that I've ever heard before. And I definitely have been in the music world pretty much my whole life. I used to be a radio host and I've heard a lot. And I was like, wow, you really bring something different to the table. And I also learned that you do so many different things. You're a you know a singer, you're a Grammy-nominated artist, a songwriter, a poet, illustrator, actor, certified yoga and mindfulness meditation teacher and author. I guess this question is going to be probably a two-part one. Number one, how did you, speaking of that lotus, like at what point in your life did you start to learn these gifts that you had? Is there one of those in the list? And I'm sure there are many more, but in the list that I named off that has always been at the forefront, like if has music always been the one that's where you've devoted the most of your time and that you would say that it's your greatest gift. How has your authenticity, especially when all these different prongs of being an artist, how has that revealed to you throughout the years? And is there one right now that you're most focused on? <laughs> That's a really good question. What I have devoted most of my time to is music because I do hear voices and they mm -hmm. sing to me songs mm -hmm. and they wake me up in the middle of the night and they're like, Hey, I got one for you. <laughs> and so because I hear them and as long as I hear them, I'm going to be doing music. Sometimes they'll speak when they sing. I know it's a song when they speak, it's a poem. Mm. So when that is coming to me, I know that's my job, but I also have all of these other interests, like you said, and I believe in the power of creativity and I believe that it's revolutionary. And that is why I think it's so important that if you feel called to create a scrapbook or an altar or a cake or a painting or a song, then you should do it. And you don't do it for anybody but you, because what it's doing is exercising your connection to the inner world. And that inner world is where everything comes from. It first happens there and then it happens in the physical world. <laughs> so whatever it is that you can do to keep your spark open and growing and keep the fire stoked and breathing air into that space, it's going to trickle into this world. And you'll begin to be surrounded by more energy to create things in the world like, hey, I want my neighborhood to be safer. 
simple things, you know, <laughs> in your own space. Like, well, we could use more plants out, out in the yard or whatever it is that you can do in the space that you have around you to create a sanctuary in the physical space. First, inside and creativity takes you in and it gets you believing that in what you can create in the outside. And then you expand that to your sanctuary around home and then community and then country and then continent. And then we go into other layers like astral space. <laughs> That's for another time. <laughs> but all of the creations that I do, I do because they keep me connected to the inner world. Hi, Soul Fam. If you listened to episode 114 of Ceremony Circle, then you know how deeply connected to and passionate about Kana plant medicine I am. Kana is legal. It is beautiful. It's a heart opener, and it is also known as the happiest plant on the planet. And it is now available to experience in a brand called Ka a tingling, feel-good Kana supplement in both a tincture and chew form. And be sure to use code CEREMONYCIRCLE at checkout to get yourself a community discount. Kana is an empathogenic plant from South Africa that supports us in feeling the fullness of our aliveness, open-heartedness, and calm feelings around everyday stress. Ka chews and tinctures are handmade, they are safe, they are legal, they are non-addictive, and they invite a deeper connection with yourself and others. I have honestly, personally been so blessed to have been working with Kana the last few years, and I can't even put into words the love and joy and reverence it's brought into my life. So just head to ohmyka.com. That's ohmyka.com. Ohmyka.com. And remember to use the code Ceremony Circle at checkout so you can get your Soul Fam discount. Now back to today's episode. One of my strongest gifts and connection lines to spirit is being sent songs. And what's been interesting for me is that I'm not a good singer. I mean, I'm barely maybe bordering on somewhat good, but I'm definitely not a great singer. And yet I know I am to sing. I know that I'm supposed to express the gift that's being given to me and share the transmission and trust the medicine. And oftentimes there, there are these silly and sweet medicine songs. And yeah, it's been a really beautiful journey for me to just trust that, whether it's at an event with a lot of people or just this past weekend, we were at a friend's intimate birthday gathering. There was maybe just like six couples but before we went over to their house i was floating in the pool and a song got given to me to sing to the the guy whose birthday it was and i was just like okay i feel like i always have to preface before i sing these songs and i don't know if any insight comes to you when i'm about to share this because this is just more of a, a personal question i have for you but it's like i find myself always wanting to preface before i sing like letting everyone know like look I know I'm not a singer, but I am a medicine woman. And so I'm about to share a song that wants to come through. And it's like, I always feel a little wonky with that because it's, it's like, I don't want to sing because there are these silly like songs and I don't want people to think that I'm like thinking I'm this great singing artist. And I don't know, what are your thoughts on like, 
the fact that I feel like I need to preface to people first, like, look, I'm not blind or dumb to the fact that I'm not the world's greatest singer, but I'm going to sing because I'm supposed to sing. Like, does anything come up for you when I share that? What comes up for me is that it's okay to do that. Okay. That's part of your job. <laughs> it's part of your purpose and your message. And my other thing is that what in the world does it mean to be like a singer? It's like idea that singers are supposed to sound like Whitney Houston or Aretha or Nora Jones. You know, I love their voices. I think they sound great. And there are voices that sound more pleasing to the human ear. But I also like a visceral kind of like dark or crazy voice too it makes me feel something mm. and so a voice like when Nina Simone sings or Karen Dalton or Ozzy Osbourne even there's so many different types of voices and I think anybody can sing and all voices are needed voices like you get the medicine songs your voice is a medicine for and and it's for or whoever comes to it, you know, like my music isn't for everybody. It's for those who come to it and receive it. And so I know that. And there were times in my life where I had to like be like, what? Are you sure I'm not supposed to be Whitney Houston? Because I sure could be that kind of star, right? <laughs> but no, that's not what I'm supposed to do. She was supposed to do what she was supposed to do. And Valerie Jim's supposed to do what she's supposed to do. You know? yeah. like, I'm supposed to do what I'm supposed to do. <laughs> So, you know, do you is all I'm trying to say. All yeah. of us, we got to do, do who we are. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. Thank you. I just wanted to get your personal take on that. And I'm also curious, again, just me having traversed different areas of the music industry for quite some time. If there's anything that you're open to sharing, being someone who lives in devotion to exploring themselves and your connection to the other realms and in devotion to continuous awakenings and evolution and also being in the music industry, I, I'm just curious what your experience has been. H have there been a lot of difficult or challenging moments when I don't know, you're in meetings or creative meetings. And and I'm not trying to say that anyone's better than, less than. It's not that. It's just people are on different paths and at different places in evolution. And if you're the only one in the room that is understanding a vision, has it been really liberating or has it been difficult being a really devoted, awakened person also in an industry that might have a lot of other sides to it? <laughs> oh, Lord. Lord, oh my goodness, that question is so good. <laughs> and there's certain things in that question that I won't even go to. Because, yeah, I know. Girl, yeah. Okay. <laughs> like, I understand what you talk about when you're talking about these meetings and you're coming in there, medicine woman and spirit songs, and <laughs> we're like not in the same space mentally. Yeah. But I think that. In the same way that I learn how to speak whatever I need to speak in order to connect with a person, because I think we all have an inner connection. There's a oneness to us. I can do what I need to do in meetings where I'm facing opposition and I can connect to that oneness. And so I do it in all different ways, in ways of what are we going to eat tonight for dinner? And some person's saying, no, I want this. No, I want that. Well, where is that oneness in that center? 
I can find that in the, in the darkness of the industry. And sometimes it looks like just surrendering mm-hmm. and just being like, I will do me. And as you wish over there, you do your. <laughs> and then yeah. It comes back to the question we had before. I know that certain things aren't for me. And if it's not for me, let it not cross by me. Only those things that enrich my heart and connect with my people, my tribe, my listeners. That's what I'm calling forth. So if if I got to let something go, if I got money on the table and I got to let it go, mm-hmm. I'm going to let it go, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I hear you. I've been in those situations too, where I've really come up against a wall and in that place had an understanding of like, oh, wow, if this is not able to shift or budge, I'm going to have to walk away. And yeah, sometimes that involves walking away from money or lots of money or from a project that was your dream project and it's coming to fruition, but then you've hit that place of realization. So yeah, those are powerful points in life for sure. Another thing I was fascinated by, and I'll ask you a couple other questions and then um, hopefully your team shared with you that you might close out the episode with sharing one of your rituals or practices from the book. I hope you got that note. So we'll do that in just a couple minutes minutes. I have just a couple other questions for you. Another thing I was fascinated by was I think it's in the end of your book in the acknowledgement section. Yeah, you listed a ton of simple pleasures in your acknowledgements. And for anyone that hasn't written a book, you know, it's it's a pretty important section of, of one's book. It's where you really thank whoever you feel called to thank. And I just love that you were mentioning and thanking sunrises, waterfalls, glistening, shopping for flowers, drinking tea in Brooklyn, sharing art, making dinners, traveling. And I I don't know really what my question is. I guess, why did you feel called to do that? Or why do you feel that those quote unquote simple pleasures are that important to, to put in that section of your book? Have you found that the mundane is actually the most beautiful and mystical in life, I guess is my question. The mundane is the most mystical and also gratitude seals the deal. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Gratitude, if you want something, anything in the world, if you are doing a mantra that is like, thank you so much because such and such is now here in my life. And you have that on repeat, like a pray without ceasing, then though it may not physically be here, it's there in the invisible world. And the only thing that it takes for it to be here in the physical world is repetition Mm -hmm. and belief and focus and calling for. And so gratitude is like the door that opens the portal to everything we wish (laughs) to see. And so when I do that section, I do it in the way that like, I just want to spend out uh, like all of these beans of gratitude to my people. But I also want people who read the book to know the space where it was created, you know, mm. the sanctuaries from all over the world, from Bali to New York to Tennessee to wherever it was that I was receiving these prompts and exercises. And I want them to be able to go with me on those trips. And I want them to take the book on trips so that I can go with them, you know? 
Yeah, yeah, I love that. And I think lastly, this one stands out because I experienced it this morning. I live in Texas where we haven't had rain for, I don't know, a couple of months and it's been in the triple digits for a couple of months every single day. And this morning we had rain and it was unexpected. I opened the door when I woke up and I smelled the rain and there was just this extra magic in the air. And what I began to experience when I stepped outside and felt this new essence coming in were glimmers. And I was feeling so many glimmers in my heart and so many glimmers in my soul and body. And I was like, oh, Valerie writes of the glimmers and her book. So if you could please explain and take the soul fam through what a glimmer is and, and how to work with it. When we are having a hard time and we're in a moment of darkness because through, I would say, a one-minute span, my energy can switch from being like, yeah, I'm seeing only the goodness to the second half of the minute. But what about like people who are starving? And what about my boyfriend who just did such and such or whatever it is? My energy shifts. And so what happens to bring your energy back to the center? And what I found helps me is looking for light in a room. So just sitting with myself and seeing first, hey, my energy just shifted and I'm going dark and I'm feeling heavy and sitting with that heaviness and being like, okay, I can stay here all day. I can be on the floor in tears if that's what needs to happen. And I'm ready for that. I'm up for it. You can write my name down on the list to do it because I do what I need to do when it comes to darkness. But I'm also open to observing it. And I'm open to not allowing it to pull me, mm -hmm. just to allowing it to be there. And if it's there, then while it's there, there's also got to be some light around it. So I start to bring my attention to my breath and I start to just look at the things that are around me in the room. And I start to look at where light is shining. Where do I see light? Well, right now there's a clementine on the ground and the light from the windows coming in and the skin of the clementine is shining and there's a reflection of light coming back off of certain parts of the clementine. <laughs> and so I can focus on that for just a few breaths. And then where else do I see light? Well, there's a green light to connect it to my computer that is charging the computer. So I see a green light there. But I do with colors too. Whatever mm -hmm. it takes to make sure that though I'm in a dark place, I realize that it's it's like a storm. It's not gonna stay always. Trouble don't last always. Mm -hmm. <laughs> It don't last always. And in Tignat Khan's mindfulness meditation, he talks about that as well, that the things that are heavy on us, it's temporary. It will pass. This too will pass. So understanding that you stay there as long as you need to. And sometimes it might be years. But can you see the light during that time too? Mm -hmm. You know? 
Yeah. Yeah. I love that practice in your book. I think I did it in the morning where, yeah, it's just, you simply guide us to worth where you're at, whatever room you're in, just to notice where the light is coming in, basically what you just described. And I definitely, for the first time in a much more focused, conscious way, was appreciating how the light was coming in and actually creating this really cool abstract art on the wall and how the plant was receiving it and the way the sun was hitting the pool when I look to the left of the windows and it just, it provided this whole different experience. So I would love if you would be open to closing out our ceremony circle time together with guiding or sharing any of the other practices in your book. I, I also really like the Zen as fuck ritual, but whatever one is coming up for you that you feel called to share and yeah, we'll close out our time together with that. Well, the book opens with I know I have a lot of light around me in this room today with one of my favorite visualization exercises. And it's the light beam visualization exercise. And it has um, all of these colors. The person's in the middle. There's a star over their heart, which is where I think the source of our light and that inner world is inside. So that's why I highlighted that. But then all of these shades outside that physical body are the light that that person is sending to others. And sometimes when I'm dark, I send out dark light. <laughs> but when I'm in a place of radiance, then I can send out good light to people. And so right now, what I like to do is a light beam visualization exercise, which allows you to just center yourself and embody light so that if you walk out from this moment on and some bullshit happens, you're ready. You're ready to come, to do what you need to do with mm -hmm. some Zen light beam magic Jedi tricks. <laughs> so you just need to sit comfortably or if you're standing, you can stand, but bring your awareness to your breath. Just sitting or standing, being where you are if you're driving. Just bringing your awareness to your breath. And following each breath as you go in and out. And some people's breath might be hurried. If you're jogging and listening or... If you just woke up, it might be slow. But just wherever you are in your day, drawing your attention and your awareness to your breath. And when you're ready, inviting the light of any color into your body and surrounding your entire body. Whatever color you choose, there's so many colors. Breathing in that color and releasing out that color. With each breath, that light is just revolving around you, rotating and lifting you up. Visualize the light sparkling and shimmering and swirling all around you from head to tippy toes. And take a deep breath in, allowing that light to soften and invite compassion into your space of your heart. 
slowly releasing out compassion from your heart space and your colors to whatever's in the room, plants, what you're sitting on, what you're standing on, the air, whatever there might be. All things are living, so share in compassion with all things. As you follow your breath, wherever you are, fast or slow. Keeping your color on and your light on, invite your light and your color to shift out to all living beings across the planet. Lifting them up with joy. They don't even know what came into their space, but a jolt of joy and your colors meeting with their colors. Continuing to follow the breath and allowing your color joined with all colors to swirl around you head to toe. And you can stay in this rainbow space for as long as you need to. You can allow the light to go dark if you need to. Turn it on, turn it off, stay in the space. And holding that compassion in the heart for all living beings. That's the light being visualization meditation exercise. And it opens the book. So we set the stage for what you can do after that with the prompts and exercises. Mm. Oh, that was so beautiful and so nice to have you guide the practice that I've done before on my own. It was a different experience. So thank you so much for your time. I know you are in a busy place in life. Light Beams, again, it's called A Workbook for Being Your Badass Self, Valerie June Hockett. It is out now, such an exciting time. Do you want to let everyone know how to best find you, connect with you, and to get this new workbook? Yes, it's going to be in stores. So whatever your local bookstore is, you can go there on September 19th, and it'll be there. You can also find it on my website, ValerieJune.com, or you can follow me on Instagram on the ValerieJune. And, well, what is your badass self? I will leave that question up to you, but I think we're our most badass selves, not when we're doing only for ourselves, but we are connecting what is positive and beautiful about ourselves to all living beings. So that's a badass self. If you can do it for people you don't like, <laughs> then you're a badass. <laughs> True statement. Well, thank you, Valerie. It was so nice to meet you. And thank you to the Soul Fam for joining with us today. And we will sit together again next time. Thank you so much. Woo-wee. What a powerful voyage that was. It is always so fun and such an honor to share space with these beautiful beings willing to generously share their time, wisdom, and energy so we can have the opportunity to enrich our own lives. 
And we will always share each epic guest's links and contact info in the show notes that are on my website, alisoncharles.com, and also in my weekly Ceremony Circle podcast Instagram posts at I am Allison Charles. So it makes it easy for you to connect more deeply with them. And fam, you know by now all the heart I put into creating this show. And I would love to be able to continue providing this free content for a long, long time to come. And what would be most supportive in me being able to do that is if you have ever felt you've gained anything positive at all from listening to a Ceremony Circle podcast episode, if it's brightened your day, if it's given you clarity or insights you've been waiting for, if you felt a healing shift during one of the closing ceremony practices, anything at all, If you can just stay on whatever platform you're now listening to this show and simply go to the rating and review section and share even one reason why you're grateful for Ceremony Circle Podcast. Sacred reciprocity is a big deal and I deeply appreciate you giving back to me so I can keep creating and providing. Sending you so much love. This podcast is for information and entertainment purposes only, and my intention is not to provide medical advice or diagnosis. You should always consult a health professional before making drastic changes to your diet or lifestyle.